2: LAist Studios.
3: This program was made possible in part by a grant from the Los Angeles County Board of Supervisors through the Department of Arts and Culture, the City of Los Angeles, Department of Cultural Affairs, and the National Endowment for the Arts.
0: I really want that cookbook. Are there there more cookbooks? (laughs) Yeah. It's amazing. Okay. Thanks everyone for being here. Um, I'm going to do some bios first. Um, so Christine Lee has an interdisciplinary practice encompassing art, design, science, and sustainability. She received her Master of Fine Arts in Furniture Design Woodworking from San Diego State University, also where my mom went, and her Bachelor of Science in Art from the University of Wisconsin-Madison. She was a Senior Sustainability Scholar of the Julie Ann Wrigley Global Institute of Sustainability at Arizona State University, where she also taught in the School of Art of the Herbringer Institute for Design and the Arts. She has participated in numerous residencies as places such as oh I feel bad that I don't know how to pronounce this Jurassic Anderson Ranch Arts Center the workshop residence and the Schmidt Ocean Institute's Artists at Sea she is the 2022 recipient of the Maxwell Hanrahan Awards in craft and then Jia Yigu is a curator, researcher, and designer working at the intersections of art and architecture. She is currently director and curator of the MAC Center for Art and Architecture. From 2014 to 2020, she served as director of materials and applications, a Los Angeles-based project space for experimental architecture. She holds a BA in visual arts from the University of California, San Diego, with honors and a master of architecture degree from UCLA. And... And you worked with Celine, right? Is Celine here? I heard a rumor she was here. And the rumor was false, okay. (laughs) Kim Glan has been a Los Angeles area theater artist and arts manager for more than 25 years. Currently, she manages cross-sector initiatives and the Creative Strategist Artist in Residence Program for the Los Angeles County Department of Arts and Culture. Previously, she was part of the senior management team for the Ford Theaters in Hollywood, where she was both acting general manager and director of communications and marketing. She holds a BFA in performance theater from Otterbane College in Ohio. And finally, Carol Zhao is a community-engaged artist whose work engages themes of spatial justice, public pedagogy, and intercultural connection in multiracial neighborhoods. They are currently focused on investigating, incubating, and facilitating healing through creative practice as a response to the COVID-19 pandemic and other mass traumas borne by the most marginalized in our society. They believe that we are most free when we help others get free. Well, thank you so much for being here. So, my first question is, um, this documentary is about artists in residence, and I'm curious how you all decided to participate in the documentary, and was there something that you were hoping to, to demystify about what an artist in residence is? Like, what what made you interested in participating in a documentary about this topic?
1: Carol, or yeah, Kim, go. I was going to say, I... Um Uh, KCET came to us, Mm -hmm. and they were sort of, we had a relationship, they were interested in learning a little bit more about the program, Um, one of the creative strategists who was in residence with Registrar Recorder during the 2020 lead-up to the election was interviewed um, by Nick, and so... I was delighted that uh, we could, you know, have a light shine on this particular program because it's so different than normal, or normal, I don't want to say normal, that's dumb, other Artists in Residence programs that people might imagine, um, and so, yeah, we, we were actively like, happy to have uh, Carol be part of the program.
0: Cool. And Carol, what made you want to participate in the documentary?
2: Um, Kim asked me to do it. <laughs>
4: That's a very good reason. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Gia? Um, yeah, so Celine Brunco was an artist in our International Artists Residency Program, and, um, you know, as would be expected, they go back home, um, which is why I'm here to sort of speak on an institutional position around us um but we you know i think we thought it was important to share some of the um stories around why artists need space and time to do the work they do and the kinds of unique challenges and resources that are not actually available for artists to pursue work and i think specifically in los angeles in our situation we um I think we're one of the only open call international artist residencies, so we're one of the only institutions in Los Angeles that allow artists to come to LA, live in LA, and knowing what it costs to live in LA, it it felt like an important story to share regarding, um, yeah, what what other institutions could possibly also do. Cool, Christine. Um, actually,
3: at first I was not excited, <laughs> but that's to be honest, and because I think I. I wasn't sure if I was ready. Um, I wasn't even sure if I was ready to let people know what was happening with me. And uh, there was a lot of insecurity on my part. But then, um, because I actually also went to that same program over 20 years ago as a grad student, um, and because so much growth and development happened from that program, I really wanted to highlight it. So I put in for the team, and I felt like, okay, I'm going to do it. And then... The most amazing crew. Oops, some people are here. It made me feel so comfortable. Thank you so much. I really appreciated it. So I felt really like able to be in my element even though they still made me look better than I think I do.
0: <laughs> I, I was curious if, if looking at this documentary, if it made you learn anything about your own process like that you hadn't realized before.
2: Um, so I can start. I think um, I tend to have a mythology about what studio artists do, um, right? So I'm always saying, oh, yeah, I'm out in the public, studio artists, are in the studio, we're not the same, um, you know, but actually lately I've been questioning that because I have a lot of wonderful studio artist friends, I spend social time with them, I see them out and about, um, you know, but actually watching this documentary with two very studio based artists, I just... I was like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> um, even watching, um, you know, the documentary tonight and seeing how much time people spend in solitude, that actually feels so scary and unthinkable to me. Um, and so, in a way, I think I had my own mythology um, confirmed right when I was like trying to unravel it a little bit.
0: Oh, interesting! Your mythology was confirmed. That's it. yeah, Christina. <laughs> you, do you have any mythologies confirmed? <laughs> Demystified, um, yeah.
3: I mean, what I really love about all the fact that there are these three different kind of perspectives and experiences with artists and residents is that you know if we could split ourselves into alternate universes and be like three people, like I didn't even have a chance to talk to Carol more about, it, but I love what she's doing. So, in fact, I've tried to engage with people either in the homeless shelters or. Of the elderly but not through my art and I didn't even really think about that as an option but when I saw the documentary and I saw how she was able to do that I thought oh I mean it's still it's not easy you have to cultivate the relationships and that relationship building is essential to aspects of art making and what she's doing so it was really informative for me to see these even though I am part of the facet of that field of artists working at residencies
0: yeah, I think that 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 brings up to me something that um, I thought about as I watched the film, which is that when you are given this time and this space and provided things like housing, it makes you also think about issues of housing and and how people live. And I liked Geo what you were saying about um, how do these artists and residents come about and how do they interact with the public like I wonder if you could tell me a little bit more about how the thinking of artists and residents shapes how you think about issues of what is provided for everyday folks
4: which obviously includes yeah. artists too but yeah well I mean I you know I I have a, a friend who has said artists don't deserve housing any more than everybody in Los Angeles does um, but I think what um, what we think about when we bring artists into our spaces is that ways in which artists are actually trying to operate outside a certain capitalist system. And so in order for them to do that, they do actually need space. Um, But as an organization that's dedicated to art and architecture, a lot of our work is to bring artists in conversation with architects and to bring together a kind of interdisciplinary perspective. So, you know, I think the exhibition you saw in the Schindler House um, was an exhibition looking at a Mexican... Um, Austrian architect, inviting artists to think through the history of those sites and spaces. So a lot of our work is trying to bring together different conversations um, and, and to really ask different practices to engage with topical issues. You know, I think personally a definition of architecture I have is that it's beyond a building it's the ideas and processes that lead to the built environment and that includes everything from housing, policy land back you know, kind of everything becomes architectural to a degree. And I think it's people like Carol and Christine who are able to bring a kind of interpretive lens through all these issues that are really important and critical.
0: Yeah, Kim, I wonder if you have thoughts about about how, like, what is provided through residents also applies, like, perhaps politically outside of the residents as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think one of the things that I'm both grateful for and I see as not enough resources is the we have I mean the idea that the county funds a program like this to place artists to be in residence in other county departments to provide them with a one or two in Carol's case a two-year you know stipend it's not enough it's not a full-time salary by any means not a full-time salary but it's a, it's maybe a halftime salary, you know, it's maybe half of the, um, and she's able to focus on this residency for a long enough period of time, which feels like a long time the one year, but it goes by really fast, or in case two years, but I think it went by really fast. Um, that investment for the county is such a small, like it's a penny you know in comparison to the county budget but the impact as you saw in the documentary is huge Mm -hmm. and so I like am you know grateful that there are people (laughs) who are not artists (laughs) who understand that you know value and continue to invest in it and allow us to continue the program at the same time I also know it's not enough money really you know, talking about you know this the system that we live in this very expensive city, um, you know, cost of living increases and everything. Like, I wish it was twice as much or more, and that they were five years instead of one year. You know, like I want more,
0: <laughs> like that. Um, yeah, actually, I thought it was interesting. I, you know, I this documentary could have been like very much about like what does it cost and what, but instead, there's like it's very much like you're living in the lives. There's lots of coffee mugs and shots in bed. And I just, yeah, I I wonder um, what you think those moments mean for the art and how you felt about them being represented
2: as part of the process. Carol? Um, Yeah, so at the end, um, there are clips of me dancing on my own. Um, And I was very insistent that they filmed that when they asked if I had a hobby. And I was like, I put on music and I dance by myself. Um, but I think of my practice as a very somatic practice. It's a practice of being with bodies, right? It's a practice of understanding how to inhabit space. Um, it's a practice of being silly, not taking yourself too seriously. Um, and so these are things that I actually end up practicing in my daily life when we think about as life, right? That then translates into a larger group act of line dancing or um, any sort of like social moment yeah christine i loved seeing your dog
3: pepperoni Pepper. <laughs> she's the star really but
4: <laughs> how long did they stand there to record you waking up
3: okay so i gotta ask the question how long they stood there to record us waking up but actually literally they let me know when they were coming, and I got out of bed and I answered the door. So that's us waking up, and I guess Pepperoni did a great job because <laughs> they said she was really great. But I thought, oh, she's just on her showing her best side, you know, for this. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think they did a fairly accurate job of capturing what the what we would do in a daily routine, or at least what Pepperoni and I would do in a daily routine, and. Um, It was funny because at some point, I think, um, you know, I thought, well, this is really how I look. This is really what I do. And they're like, well, okay, it isn't reality TV. (laughs) But I was like, this is exactly, you know, like, I I could try to improve my look. I could try to do stuff. I was like, this is it. This is how we look. You know, we go to the studio, our hair is disheveled, and, you know, we're cleaning the poop for our dogs and all this other stuff but that is it and it's a full day and you're still living your life and you're engaging with people but it really it it normalizes in a way where you feel like you're um engaging through life with art in that sense as opposed to it is a separate thing it is a separate practice and so I think they capture that pretty well
0: yeah, I really liked that about the documentary, and it seems very pertinent to the to the idea of artists in residence about it being about the lived experience, not just the product, which I thought was really cool. Um, I'm curious, how many people in the audience have done an artist in residence program? Okay, how many people are interested in doing one? Yeah, so I want I wanted to talk about what what it takes to do one. I mean, obviously, all the <laughs> programs are very different, but um, I'm curious, like, any advice of of how to approach that process, um, given that you run residencies?
4: Um, Well, there are hundreds, so (laughs) um, I I feel like there's probably a residence for any practice out there, um, and um, ours is certainly one that's um, probably devoted to more, um, I think the term used was traditional practices, which is not. I think we we do t- devote um, our resources to giving them time and space. Um, and we don't ask much except for a kind of final presentation. Um, but, you know, there, there's, there's so many, I, I really think. And there's ones that are, you know, really designed to be embedded within systems that are not open to public access or public, um, you know, any, any public way and then there's others that are maybe more embedded within a pedagogical institutions so I think reflecting on not only what you need as an artist but the types of environments that you want to place yourself in is a really important beginning part of the search you would begin um and I'm sure if you google like art artist residency database there must be something out I've, I've not ever applied so I, I think I'm not a good answer um, how do you apply for an artist residency I don't know So,
1: for the county, um, this actually came out of a board motion, because it's county government, um, and um, it uh, originated out of the Cultural Equity and Inclusion Initiative, which was basically a conversation the county wanted us to have uh, to look for ways to address inequities in in the arts and culture field. Um, And that initiative produced a report with 13 recommendations, and one of those was this amazing program um, that the County Board of Supervisors said, yes, let's fund that. And so every year we get the money. Uh, It's part of your taxpayer dollars. Thank you so, so much. I really appreciate it. (laughs) Um, And... um, We do an open call. So, uh, again, like because we're the county government, we try to be as open and transparent and open to everybody as possible. Um, We just ask that you're a resident in L.A. County and really looking for... Our, this particular residency looks for artists um, similar to Carol with a, a practice that is sort of more based in that socially engaged um, work, but it's not a definite requirement. We've had artists that are not, don't have a like a, a strong of a, a social uh, practice as Carol does. Um, I talked to a lot of people from other municipalities who are interested in similar kinds of Programs and I'm, I'm I love it when I, I see new ones coming along because there's really something so interesting about a large government institution inviting an artist into the space to sort of be a thought partner and um, be a collaborator and thinking about how can um, government practices improve? And um, so I want more of them, like, please replicate. Yes.
0: Well, I have a couple more questions, but I wanted to first see if we have questions from the audience. Christine, question:
4: I was really uh, excited about what you do as far as that wood with the canvas, because I have a 1984 motorhome, and it has those in the bathroom, and I can't uh. find any way to fix them. So you and I have to connect because <laughs> you have a job, a paying job, right there. So I wanted to ask you about that. How did you come about knowing about what did you what was that called? Timber? You mean the timbre, Tam- yeah. the
3: timber door? Um, uh, thank you. Well, I think part of the reason why I'm drawn to it is because there's multiple slats, so there's repetition involved in making the slats. But also, I mean, anything that's linear can be put together to be slats, and anything in large quantities can create a surface area. So depending on how you look at it, I mean, you can really expand that. It doesn't have to be functional at all, you know, or it could be functioning in different ways. So... Um, I think because I had the background in furniture design and woodworking already I had a base knowledge of the way things go together but I was always that type of person that would want to immediately take what I learned and then just like push it because I felt like okay there are really amazing experts in the field who can make these just over and over again and they're perfect but I kind of wanted to do something different so having that having the foot and functionality is is uh has been helpful for me but it's almost just like a starting point from the fact that like many many generations of people have taken the time to develop it to a point where it works well so i'm just only like a stepping off that in a way to continue in a, what they were doing so there're still really great books out there i don't know that i would do youtube for woodworking cuz i think safety-wise i'm not really sure about that <laughs> but um, you can always go to a, um, you know, a verifiable instructor who can, because I think safety is paramount, and I'm definitely putting that in here right now. Safety is paramount when you are working with machines and tools. Um, you can take any aspect of functional design and, and make it your own, you know, so whatever you, what intentions you have with that, you know. But for me, it's, it's, really, it's really enjoyable to play around with that and explore. Thank you. I love the in the loom. When what is the thing that slides
0: through? Oh, the shuttle. Oh my God, it's so fun! I was like, <laughs> that looks so fun to just go zoom. Um, what, actually? What, the, what you were doing on the loom and the is that later going to be part of the canvas? I was curious to how those things went went together.
3: Yeah, the idea is that um, if I weave the fabric, then I can take that and actually put that instead of the canvas, mm-hmm. just traditional canvas. I can weave my own structure and put it on the um, on the back of the timbers. But first, I wanted to understand how people put it together and then kind of pick it apart and see if even do you have to use the same amount of threads? Do you have to fill the same amount of space? So start to dissect that and see what happens. It's a lot of experimentation. But I think I have to enjoy the process, too, because weaving is really meditative, too. So if it wasn't meditative, maybe I wouldn't be doing it. I don't know. But yeah, but it is it's it's a rabbit hole. If you want to go down it, we can talk later, <laughs> but it's, it's a great rabbit hole. Yeah, it was beautiful
0: and it looked fun too. Um, yes, right here. Uh,
4: my amazing documentary, really beautifully made. Um, Carol, your work is so live, so unrecorded, most of it. And I love that you have this Keepsake, this book that I think everyone probably wants a copy of. Uh, And now this documentary. Can you talk, speak to the process of how much of your work is like sand art? How much of it is just, it's in the moment and then poof?
2: Yeah. Um, You know, I think I had a moment. I'm watching this documentary, um, which is a wonderful document. Thank you um, for creating it. Um, And it was at the beginning when I said I make temporary works, and I think um, I'm actually going to offer myself a reframe. Um, right? Which is that I think I actually try to make permanent relationships, um, right? Or And I think that those relationships of support, so the center, they are still doing those cooking classes um, and they send me a receipt for ingredients um, every couple of weeks and I reimburse them from the little budget that we still have left over. Um, and so I see that as an ongoing relationship, right? And um, when I think about being in residence in these institutions, I also think about how much of what I do is creating infrastructure, is like pushing against what is already there and making avenues for arts and culture. Um, And so I like to think that those infrastructural changes are also a little bit more permanent and less like sand art.
1: Glad you said that, because I do think it is the experiences that the other people have when they're in these experiences with you that live on and that continue to be, to grow and flourish after the residency.
0: No, and I'm going to remember aura. That's so nice. That was really moving. Yeah. Right over there. Um, how was your health? Um,
3: my health. <laughs> well, I think I mentioned in the documentary that, um, the the most successful outcome of it was to figure out like a way to be able to navigate through the day, knowing like what I need to do in order to um, have a foot in parts of the process, but also realizing some things haven't changed. Like I can't do certain things still. Um, I've just, I'm at a a point of acceptance. So before I think I was constantly trying to return back to a place I was before and being very frustrated And once I, after a certain couple of years had passed, I decided like, um, this is it. This is where I am. And I'm going to just accept this at this point and see what I can do with what I have. And mentally, that's been a huge lift for me. It's changed so much. I mean, I really enjoy my day and I'm, I'm literally like thrilled I may not look it right now, but I'm really thrilled. <laughs> Every day I wake up, I'm usually very thrilled in the morning because I have almost energy then. And I just, I'm naturally like happy and smiley. And the people there know it because I can't contain it. I'm just, and I think part of it is mental, you know, your mindset.
0: Yeah.
4: This question um, is for Christine. That's um, when you were weaving in a certain pattern for the canvas. Um, was it like a way of like speaking the language? I know a lot of indigenous tribes when they would weave, it would be like um, a story that they would leave behind. Um, a lot of stories like indigenous tribes are verbal, but those artifacts were kind of did tell a story. Um, my grandmother used to weave and she said that like special knots tell you like a special struggle because some are stuck there some are there for you to get unstuck Um, do you feel like that canvas that you were weaving told a special story for your woodworking
3: Um, I think when I weave and actually what I noticed before when I used to do woodworking which it's gonna sound odd but when I used to cut on the table saw with a sled if you're familiar with that There's a lot of similarity between the positioning of cutting on a table saw with a sled, moving it forward and back, as there are with weaving when you're pulling a beater forward and back. And the most, um, well, the thing that really stuck out to me was that my cadence is always apparent. So if you were to weave a pattern and have somebody else weave that same pattern, it would look different because of your cadence, because of what you're thinking at the time, because of how fast you're going, because how hard are you pulling the beat or how soft, and you'll see that difference in the pattern. So I think if we were to, like, pare it down to just the bare essentials, was like in terms of, like, we also, you know, we we have a heartbeat that's a cadence. We have rhythms that are already embedded genetically. And so that, I think is subtly translated into any work. But if you think about the earliest weavers, how did they even come up with these patterns without knowing prior weaving structures before? So there's something connected very deep that over time has come out into these shapes and forms and motifs and and repetition. Um, And so I think there's, right now actually, I explore a lot of stuff with um, Part of it is structure because I'm almost trying to understand weaving all just from the very beginning in a, in an odd way with a very um, specialized machine, and I've used wooden looms before, but the machine is really helpful for me because it's so dialed in that my body doesn't have to work as hard as it would when I used to use like a traditional wood floor loom. So it's allowing me to do a lot of more experimentation. But I think kind of going back to what you're asking, like there's that is something that I'm actually trying to research into like looking more into the connection between certain patterns that come up and like how these patterns evolved how they're connected to structure and so forth and kind of this language but honestly I set the bar very low this year I just wanted to enjoy being in the wood shop at first and be able to make stuff and now that I'm ecstatic of course like now I'm ready to investigate those more but I always go back to the past. I always feel there's a strong connection with what is there and that there's a place for it right now. And, um, and we are already walking through this world with those embedded kind of cadence. But, you know, it's, and it's very reflective of, unfortunately, what we're exposed to right now. So, sorry, that's very long-winded,
4: but okay.
3: Beautiful question.
4: for Carol and Christine, um, are you in an artist in residence program now, since obviously this film was shot
3: probably a year ago. Um, and then for all four of you, is this
4: type of, um, artist in residence, um, curriculum, if you will, is it, is it typical for most artists to do
3: one, two, three of these, uh, in their lifetime? What's 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 the average, or is there an average uh, for artists in residence programs?
2: So I'm actually balancing three right now. Wow. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm still, um, I'm wrapping up the Creative Strategist Residency. Um, the documentary, um, the studio portions were actually filmed at 18th Street Arts Center, um, where I am a long-term, um, like, live-work resident, Um, so they provide me with an apartment at an artist. They provide me with artist housing, Um, and I'm still doing work with Little Tokyo Service Center, where I was an official artist and resident for two years um, between 2019 and 2021. Um, And so, yeah, these are all the different layering residencies that all have very different flavors and textures, um, right, that allow me to support the different dimensions of my work in I think each artist has their own orientation to how many residencies they do over the course of their lifetime. Um, I have a friend who put everything in storage and just drove across the United States doing artist residencies for two years and somehow timed them so that he was at one residency for one month, drove to another place, was at that residency for two or three months, etc. So you can absolutely do that and I think like Christine noted in her segment you know it's kind of like a break from life right um it can be luxurious in a way and so i do think it is difficult to sustain that type of rhythm but some people do do it
3: um yeah my actually residency was supposed to officially end in may but they extended it until um next week (laughs) so uh, i have to let you know (laughs) what's going on Um, Yeah, so literally, this is like my finals week. I mean, I'm eating burritos and, you know, drinking bad stuff um, (laughs) to stay up late, or at least what I can do. Um, But it's always great and fun to be in the energy of the environment. And um, I do have, I'm kind of waiting to hear back from something that I might be able to do in the San Diego region, but it's not confirmed yet. It's just right now my focus is on the residency, although... If I wanted to be more prepared, I would have applied or looked into it, you know, a couple months or a year back because usually you would apply and there's a waiting period and if you get, you know, if you get a slot, they have to schedule you. So there's all the stuff that would hap- happen, but I honestly just didn't even know how this, what would happen in this residency. So, um, I thought, yeah, like the fact that Carol, you're doing three is pretty amazing to me. I... And I know people who've done the circuit too where it's like they, they can go from one to the next and sometimes they're invited and sometimes they apply and they somehow it magically works out and they don't have to go back to storage. But um, it is hard to think of it as, like, be, be, especially when you're applying to something that's competitive, you really can't assume you're even going to get it. So it's only by, like then if you find out that you can kind of work that, but you have to have kind of an, a flexible lifestyle to be able to do that. So...
0: All right, well, if there's no more questions, I think we're going to wrap up. Thank you so much for, for being here tonight and for this beautiful documentary.
2: The Las Spring Super Sweeps is happening now. You can win amazing prizes while supporting your source for local fact-based journalism.